Welcome to Trey's Tea Podcast, episode 32, Parenting. I'm your host, Tracy Turner. Thank you for joining me. So this episode is going to be about parenting, and I'm going to try my hardest not to get emotional. And just so that you know, this is just the way that I feel personally about parenting, and I am hoping that you stay open and hear me out. You know, everybody has their own way of parenting, raising their children, and you know, that's fine. But the way that I see parenting is I see parenting as us guiding our, you know, me guiding my children into becoming productive healthy-minded adults. So let's get started. The way that I see parenting is in the farmer, flower, growing type of job, per se. So when you have a seed, like the seed in itself is a perfect thing. That's the way that I see when kids are born, Uh, you know, when they're born healthy and strong and, you know, no ailments. Even when they do, you know, have um, birth defects or anything like that, regardless of how they come out, they are perfect in the way that, you know, they were art supposed to be. So to me, when kids are born, to me, they are perfect in who they are supposed to be. That's number one. And I love, like, to me, the to me, all mothers should have the first year off. You know, and the reason why they should have that first year off is because you never get the infancy, and then, you know, when they get ready, they're on their way to be toddlers, you never get that experience with your kids after that. After that first year, you know, things happen, you know, they get older, they they come into who they are supposed to be. They come into, you know, their boisterous or their silent or their thinking beings. But that first year ugh, is heavenly. You know what I mean? Like when my kids would wake up from being sleeps, taking their naps, and they wake up and you see the happiness and excitement that their favorite person, which is you, is in their orbit. And they're like, yay, you're here. And you can just see the happiness on their faces. Man, you never get that back. You know what I mean? Because once they start talking, who knows what's going on? You know, like toddlers and two-year-olds, they're just doing their thing. They're crazy. They're exploring limits. But when they're babies and they're infants, like right at four, five months, and they're recognizing you and they acknowledge that you're the best thing ever. And you never get that away. You know, you never get that again because, you know, you have their influences and so forth, you know, happening. But when they're babies and they smell all new, it's heaven. I love that stage. 
you know? And so the way that I see it, you know, as the babies being born, they're perfect in who they're supposed to be. And as parents, I think our job is to raise them in an environment that doesn't take them from who they are supposed to be. You know, because if you think of our influences when we were kids or teenagers is coming from, you know, depends on the trauma and the chaos and the turmoil in which you were raised, if you were raised at all. Because in my opinion, I wasn't really raised and I didn't even understand how much I wasn't raised until I had kids and was actually, you know, participating in raising them into adults. So if you think of, you know, you raising your kids, what that is, is you, you're influencing them and guiding them so that they find their way and not run into so many self-sabotaging obstacles. So if you think of it as the seed and farmer, the farmer does everything they could do so that the seed has like nutrients in the soil, they get enough sunlight or more sunlight, less sunlight, depending on what they need. They get the water that they need. Maybe they only need it to be watered every three days, you know, or maybe the seed needs watered every day or maybe once a month because there are some flowers who only needs to be watered like once a month and then they're they're fine so the farmer does everything that they need to do to help and assist the flower to grow and bloom into who it's supposed to be that's what that's my viewpoint in raising kids is not doing And the thing about the farmers, they do what's needed in order to grow the different flowers that they have within their fields. You know, it's not one doing one process in all, unless it's the same type of flower. And that's the same thing with kids. If you have multiple kids, each child is an individual. And so maybe this, this particular child needs more nurturing, you know, and then there's some who just needs it sometimes. So you have to get involved, see what that child and who that child is being because you can adapt to each of your individual children. You know, like certain rules like staying safe or, you know, don't go near the stove if it's hot. And, you know, they're little kids. That's something that you teach all of them. So the general rules, even in the farmer, everybody, most Yeah, all of the flowers and seed need soil. So those are the common things in which you, boundaries and disciplines in which you give your kids. You know, like don't touch the stove. Look, you know, three times before you cross the street, cross the street in the crosswalk. You know, so certain disciplines and boundaries are taught, you know, for all children because that's just safety, right? All the love that you have for your children, pretty much it's like the soil too, is the same. But how you express the love should be tailored to the individual of the child. Like my daughter is affectionate. That's just who she is. 
She wants my attention. She wants me to notice her, to be honest. Because in, you know, and what I learned with when she was in school is that she's really smart. So, and she's really well behaved. So she's not gonna get the attention that more that the teacher <coughs> gives to the more, you know, less who needs more attention as far as learning whatever they're teaching or the misbehaved person. She's not gonna get called on all the time because eventually the teacher's gonna catch on. Oh, she's always gonna have the, the answer, you know, the right answer. So she's not gonna get that attention in school necessarily. So I had to teach her so that she didn't feel like she was doing something wrong because she's not being called on or she's not being asked to do certain things. I had to tell her, don't let that, you know, discourage you or make you act out so that you can get attention. That's just what they need. And it's okay to just, you know, not get called on all the time. And that's just the way that um, I had to deal with that part. But at home, she wants my attention. She wants me to notice when she's drawn a new picture. She wants me to give her encouragement and feedback and it's the way in which I give her a critique you know like about a picture and it's me letting her understand just because I think of this little nuance could be better doesn't mean the whole thing is not um great so that's the way in which I have to parent her and the way that I have to parent my younger son is Depending on what it is, sometimes he wants my attention, but he's looking for my attention in, some, in being involved in something that he's interested in. So it's me, you know, I try to play the video games, but I am really not good at it. But I do try, and he, um, <laughs> he of course, he wins all the time. But it's me being involved or watching a marathon of Spider-Mans, you know, the different movies, but that's where he is. And so I meet him where he is. That's me watering my Joshua flower. Cause that's his name. That's me, you know, watering his, you know, his need of me. That's me nurturing him. You know, is me talking to him because he's 18. And sometimes when you're, you have older kids and you're parenting older kids, it's a different ballpark because they have their own ideas. They have their own, you know, need and necessity and trying to figure it out. So it's up to us to parent them where they are. So it's me talking to him and explaining. Like sometimes when you're at 18 and you're trying to think of what you're gonna do for your whole life, that's a big apple, right? That's a big pie to look at. Unless you have something like, let's say you're doing a sport, playing football or basketball, then you know you can tell where you are in your trajectory in which your, you know, your profession is going to be. But for those of us who has kids who are trying to figure it out, what I had to see is that he needed to understand that we're just looking at this piece. You know, we're looking at the next five, six, seven years because you're 
your goals and your job and your profession can change. So let's just figure this out for now. And then, you know, each is a stepping stone. So when you're parenting your kids, you have to, you know, tailor make it for the individual child. And so when you think of the farmer um, seed relationship, the farmer adjusts the environment in which the seed should can grow and bloom, right? So when you're doing that, you have to think of things as you and the other parent like how you all can create an harmonious environment so that the kids are coming up with harmony and, you know, they're getting it from both parts. And I call it, sometimes I think of it as the masculine and feminine energy, but kids need both of those things in order to, you know, get the, I guess the, the right energy that they need in order to become harmonious people. So think about that when you're, you know, raising your kids or contemplating having kids, what are you and your spouse, what kind of energy are you all going to create in, in, you know, parenting these kids? Because it takes two people to raise the kids, to take care financially of the, the children, you know? And if, you know, you and your spouse make a decision like, okay, he's only gonna work, I'm gonna stay at home, at least for the first year, that is optimal because it is a large undertaking to, you know, babies and toddlers, that's a huge job. And if you're able to stay at home as the mom and the, you know, and you, you all's lifestyle isn't changing, or if it is going to change, are you both on the same page in allowing that to happen? You know, are, are you all on the same page because he's going to have to work longer because he needs to make up for the income in order for, you know, you all to live comfortably until it's time for you to go back to work. You know, that's a part of setting the environment as farmers for this seed. You know, so think about that. I'm going to come back. I'm going to take a break really quick. Think about what I've said and then, you know, continue on. And I'm kind of passionate about parenting (laughs) more so than I thought I would be. So I want to make sure I hit all the notes in you know, this first part, because I'm sure, you know, as I go on with the podcast, I'm going to do more about parenting and raising children. Um, Because number one, I love it. And I think it's necessary. And in some parts, it's been lacking. You know, over my lifetime, I've seen the lack of raising children and, you know, what it produces. So I'm pretty pretty stoked about this uh, topic. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. Thank you. Welcome back to episode 32, Parenting. Uh, This is Tracy. So 
I went back and I listened to uh, the first segment. And I cannot believe it was 15 minutes. So, you know, I'm trying to keep the, you know, episodes like in the 30 minute range at the longest. But so I don't, I know that I am not going to get to the principles of farming seed parenting. In this episode, I'm going to do another parenting part two. Um, It may not be, you know, the next one or the next two, but I'm going to get to the part two and then go over and stay in the realm of explaining the farmer seed parenting uh, idea that I have. And I know it's not going to be in this part because I'm already thinking about the different um, thoughts, process, and parenting. Like when I had my first son, um, everything was so out of order and I was so ill-equipped to even be a parent. But the thing about being a first-time parent is you don't get the full impact of the responsibility that it takes in being a parent. And then on top of that, you don't get the impact and the understanding of the burst of love that you feel for this being. Like, I can't explain that to anyone who has never had a child. You know, that's not something that anyone can really convey to a person until you actually experience it. So when I had him and I felt the impact and the responsibility of being a parent, that's when I got my understanding of how much I didn't understand and didn't get. And it was so overwhelming that the only thing that I could do was pray about it. You know, pray that my lack of understanding of my role for him in being his mother being a parent, guiding him, the lack of me as a person of what I didn't even, lack of wisdom, you know, that's needed to guide another human being through this crazy world. You know, I felt that and I prayed and I said, God, please don't let that, my lack of being be a detriment to who he is supposed to be, who you've allowed him to, you know, allow me to be a vessel vessel and bring him into this life. Don't let that hinder him in being what you wanted him to be. You know, even in my lack, at least I had the understanding of knowing who I wasn't at the time. And I prayed for intervention. You know, the first day I was in my uh, hospital room, that's when I said that prayer for him. And now, you know, 32 years later and seeing him be happy and whole and be himself. You know, I remember when he was 21 years old, I think he was at Berkeley. Maybe he was still at Berkeley when he was 21. But he called me and he was like, yo, how could you have me at 21? I was like, yeah, I know, I know. It was crazy. He was like, I can't even imagine having to be responsible for another human being right now at 21. He was like, this is such a revelation for me. He said, because I get it. He said, I get so much now that I'm this age 
and I understand. And, you know, I really had a lot of conversations too with him in his teens and early 20s. You know, I would go and have breakfast with him while he was in school and we'd spend the, you know, the morning and afternoon. Sometimes I would bring Josh and Kaya with me and sometimes I wouldn't. But we would spend those times talking about, you know, things that were going on with him, um, you know, politics, the world, because, you know, he has that interest. And so we would talk about those things. And I would always say, you know, anytime you want to come and talk to me and get more understanding, you know, or, you know, give me the blame because I know I lacked in raising you. Come find me. Come talk to me. You know, don't let it hinder you. Don't let things that you probably didn't get in your childhood because of how the foundation and out of orderness in which you were born, come and talk to me about that. You know, I always kept that, you know, that line of communication open and I wasn't looking to deflect on his father, deflect on my upbringing. I was ready to take on the responsibility of bringing him here in such out of order. You know, I wanted him to understand that I get it and I'm here to listen and talk about it. And he, even to this day, he was like, there's nothing we can, there's nothing for us to hash out because I understand. You know, you being, not being the parent or, you know, being the person that, you needed to be in order to guide and raise me, you did a good job. I never, I, you know, flabbergasted, that's what I was, but that was the intervention prayer that I had for him. If he brought my prayer into fruition, you know, because he's such a successful, he's a successful person in business, but he's a successful person in a person. You know, being a person, being um, level-headed, being open, being smart, being curious enough to go and find out, you know, things he wants to know. Like when he was living in New York, he used to be like, I get more guy (laughs) phone numbers than I do girls because people just want someone who is normal, who doesn't have, you know, weird and strange hookup, hangups about themselves, they just want a normal person to be around. He was like, I get more guys' numbers than girls' numbers to hang out, just to have normal friendships. You know what I mean? So that's the thing to consider when you're having or deciding to bring kids into the equation. Because when I was with my oldest son and you know, being a single parent, I was like, I'm okay with never having kids again unless it's in proper order, you know, I'm married, happy, and this is something that we both want, both are invested in, both in creating, you know, the environment to bring up good, to actually raise our kids. You know, both of us invested in being selfish with our unit to create, you know, be on the same page in having kids. A lot of people don't have that order in the foundation of bringing kids into the world. You know, a lot of people are like, you want a kid? Yeah. 
and then they have it, you know. And if that's the way you do it, that's the way you do it. But you need to make sure that at least you all are cycling on the same wave. You know, true, your waves may be a little bit more smooth and hers may be, you know, big dips and valleys, but you all are on the same wave in which you all are going to grow these human beings that you bring into your unit, that you're going to invest your time and your energy in, you know, raising these kids. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like when... You know, you have a newborn and all that energy and time that it takes to create them. You know, what is that going to look like? You should have that discussion with your partner, whoever that is, you know, your husband or your boyfriend. And, you know, maybe marriage is not on the table, not something you all want. But you both want to be a parent to the seed that that the mom is growing. You know, so have that conversation. I guess that's where I'll stop this is um, this episode is just laying the foundation and the orderness into bringing your kids here on earth. You know, if you take the farm, the farmer, there's work to be done before you plant the seed, right? There's plowing, there's clearing. Maybe they need to clear the space in which they're going to have their garden. And that's a part of the planning that you need to do when you're bringing kids into the world. So I'm going to do more episodes about parenting and go to the next step. But the first step is clearing, plowing, and discussing with your partner on how you're going to raise your kids. Like, what is that going to look like? You know, what is the order in which we're going to do things? Because raising your kids lasts longer than 18, year 18. You know, what is that going to look like? Things can happen and change throughout your life. But the foundation is where you can always come back to, you and the father. You know, what... What was the environment in which we wanted to create these human beings and bring them up in? You know, you need that buy-in on both places. So think about that. I'm going to continue with the parenting um, topic because I love it, number one. It really brings me joy to talk about it. It brings me joy in being a parent. But think about that. This is episode 13. I mean, 13, episode 32, parenting, and think about what is the foundation and the order in which you two are going to bring the child into, the baby into. Think about that. Discuss it. Make it a topic to talk about, you know, before you bring those kids here. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with your partner. Talk about it with your boyfriend and girlfriend. Talk about it with your husband and wife. That's a part of planning the life that you all want to create together, you know, do that. So thank you so much for taking the time and listening to episode 32, Parenting. I hope you have a great day. I'm your host, Tracy Turner. Thank you for joining me.